Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room, just one day away. Yep, one day away from the 2023 Netball World Cup in the beautiful mother city of Cape Town. It'll be the 16th staging of the competition. It's contested every four years, and it'll run from the 28th of July until Sunday, the 6th of August at the International Convention Center. It'll also mark the first time the tournament has ever been held in Africa and marks the tournament's 60th anniversary. It was founded in 1963. So Cape Town was announced by the International Netball Federation on the 8th of March 2019, only months prior to the staging of the last World Cup in Liverpool in England. Cape Town's bid was supported by the South African government and the Western Cape Province, which was selected ahead of a bid against Auckland, New Zealand. So at least we've done something. We've beaten the All Blacks or at least beaten New Zealand. Uh, the International Netball Federation stated that Cape Town's bid would deliver a greater impact on the development of global netball and the city pledged the South African government to invest heavily in preparations and development of the sport leading up to the tournament, which I will say the lead up has been absolutely magnificent. All matches will be held at the Cape Town International Convention Centre was a mascot which was designed by an 11-year-old, Violet Cassidy, from Manchester in England. The mascot is an anthropomorphic meerkat named Letsasi, which means sun. So there you are. That's something else that you have just learned today. Um, the uh, 16 teams will contest the uh, title. Six teams qualify automatically. The hosts of the top five teams in the world netball rankings. The remaining 10 places were filled via five regional tournaments, two teams qualifying from each group. How does the format of the tournament work? It's the same as the one introduced for the last World Cup in 2019. Teams will compete in three stages. The preliminary stage will be from tomorrow, the 28th, until the 30th, then preliminary stage two from the 31st of July till the 3rd of August, and then the playoffs and the placings matches from the 4th to the 6th of August, and it's going to all be done within the space of a week. Now, there are four groups, A, B, C, and D, of four teams in the first stage, the top eight teams, reassigned to their groups, one team from the 9th to the 12th seeds and one from 13th to 16th seeds were drawn randomly in each group. No more than two teams from the one region can be drawn into the same group, and the top three teams from each group progress to the second round of matches. Then the top three teams from groups A, B form group F, and the top three teams from groups C and D form group G. The bottom four finishers from groups A to D compete against one another in group E, where teams in groups F and G have already played each other in the preliminary stage. These results will carry through to preliminary stage two. Confused? Well, don't worry about it. It'll all work out on the day. And then the teams finishing first and second in the groups go through to the semifinals. The top place teams in each group face the second place teams in the other group. The winner of each semifinal will then compete for the gold medal in the final and the losers of the semifinals will play for the bronze medal. So who are in the groups, you might be wondering. So let's start with Group A, Favourites Australia, along with Tonga, Zimbabwe and Fiji. Uh, Tonga and Fiji kick the event off at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, followed by Australia against Zimbabwe. That's, of course, uh, from Group A. Group B sees England uh, against uh, in, in the same group as Malawi, Scotland and Barbados. 
And then there's Group C, which sees Jamaica, the hosts, South Africa, Wales, and Sri Lanka. The South Africans should come out of that group, at least first or second in that group. They start their campaign at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening against Wales. And then Group D sees New Zealand, who I guess are second favourites behind Australia, along with the other African contingent from Uganda, Trinidad and Tobago, and Singapore. Should be an absolute crackerjack. Um, there's uh, live coverage of this event going all over the world. So that's the format. That's uh, how it's going to pan out. But let's talk about what's been going on so far, because a lot has gone on over the last couple of weeks, months, and even the last few days. And so history suggests that 14 of the 16 teams for the World Cup are there to just make up the numbers. And of course, is thanks to the dominance of the Australians, and the New Zealanders, but you never know. How will the home side do? England, Jamaica, and South Africa, respectively, ranked third, fourth, and fifth behind New Zealand and Australia. Is there the possibility of an upset? Well, it'll be home ground advantage for the South Africans for the first time in the tournament's 60-year history. So great for the South Africans and Captain Bonki Msomi, who has over 150 caps for South Africa. And after assuming the captaincy 2016, the 35-year-old is modest about the value of her leadership. She does say she brings a sense of calmness in her approach, maturity, experience, and passion for what she does. But she leads a beautiful team with one of the best coaches in the world of netball. South Africa group with Jamaica, Wales, and Sri Lanka in the first round. They are in a tough pool. Wales are a good side, although they've managed to win all three games in their recent series is against them. Jamaica, a solid netball team, and the moment they finish second in the Commonwealth Games, but they haven't played Sri Lanka, and they're not going to underestimate any team. So there are four teams from Africa at the tournament. The sixth-ranked Malawi Queens are in their seventh World Cup. The eighth-ranked Uganda, the She Cranes, appearing for the fourth time, and the Zimbabwe Gems qualifying for just the third time. All three are capable of springing a surprise or two, although realistically a medal is unlikely. Malawi boasts two netball Super League stars in Tawera Vinkumbo and Caroline Mtukuli. Both are likely to catch the eye. England will be fielding one of the most experienced and inexperienced squads at the tournament including two players who will remarkably be appearing in their sixth World Cup, spanning a 20-year international career. Jade Clark and Jeeva Menta have already represented their country at around the time when some of the current teammates were being born, and their head coach Jess Thurlby also named five debutants in the squad. New Zealand Silver Ferns are the defending champions, having beaten Australia in the final four years ago, while remaining grounded are understandably confident about their title defence. They've never, ever finished outside of the medal places. So what has been going on, as I mentioned to you previous, the traditional candle lighting ceremony to mark the start of the Netball World Cup took place with much jubilation and African flavour in Cape Town yesterday, just ahead of the event since the inaugural event in England in 1963. Captains of each participating nations have taken part in the ceremony 
includes lighting a candle and pledging an oath to play in the spirit of true friendship and sportsmanship. A representative of the match officials also lit a candle, pledging to officiate with fairness and impartiality according to the rules of the game. As time has gone on, the candle lighting ceremony has become a symbol for international netball, celebrating the worldwide impact of the sport, a light that represents the history and the camaraderie of netball. And I must say, that they really, really did have beautiful rainbow-dotted candles that were lit by all of the participating teams. Now, the president of World Netball, Dame Liz Nickel, addressed the 16 teams, the officials and dignitaries, including South Africa's Minister of Sport, Arts and Culture, Zizi Kodwa, saying the ceremony represents and reinforces netball's values. Nickel pointed out that 42 countries, over 500 athletes, and numerous coaches and officials took part in the five regional qualifying tournaments to get to Cape Town for this event. And the 16 best teams in the world and 23 world-class technical officials ready for what we know will be 10 days of absolutely fantastic uh, competition, she added. The vibrant event gave the visiting teams a taste of what to expect and what promises to be an exuberant and colorful first-ever Netball World Cup on African soil. So that's all good and well, but it hasn't all been plain sailing as far as the tournament is concerned because issues with sponsorship, yeah. So former Malawi and Queen Star Mary Wire believes sponsorship will be the key in growing netball on the African continent, although several countries, including the four that have qualified for the Netball World Cup, have participated in global competitions. None have managed to win the tournament yet, um, but of the three countries, Australia, New Zealand, and Trinidad and Tobago are the only ones that have won the competition that are here. The Queens, the Spa Proteas, Uganda, and Zimbabwe are the four nations that represents the African continent. But as I say, uh, there has been issues with regards to the sponsorship. So the sponsorship uh, was supposed to be what was supposed to be called the Vitality Netball World Cup, but for some reason or other, and it seems like the story around why Vitality have pulled out um, has just kind of died down. It was just a case of they're not able to sponsor the event anymore, but will be still sponsoring a couple of the teams. So that really is a little bit disappointing as far as the event is concerned. What is um, amazing, well, it depends on which way you look at it, because um, the host broadcaster, Supersport, which is a pay satellite television network in South Africa and broadcasts all the way into Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, excluding North Africa, um, a quite revolutionary event takes place because only women will be working on this Netball World Cup. It's the first time globally that an all-women's crew has been assembled for a World Cup broadcast and is acknowledgement both of emerging and established female talent in Supersport's commitment to harnessing excellence. Um, training was vigorous. 200 live local Netball games were broadcast by the host broadcaster for the women to train on under the supervision of industry leaders and broadcast professionals together with coaches and mentors. They were constantly assessed and offered further training in areas of development so we shall see um how they go about broadcasting this world cup not only to south southern and africa but also to the rest of the world 
Now, uh, first pass will happen tomorrow. The local organizing committee and World Netboard announced the addition of uh, some more sponsors that are coming on board, which is great to see. So Hollywood Bets will be the official betting partner. Red Bull, the official energy drink. Southern Sun, the official hotel partner. The Woodlands Dairy First Choice Milk will offer hydration and recovery suppliers of the netball. Mitchum will be the official deodorant supplier. Block Footwear, the official supplier of the World Cup volunteers. So they're all coming on board. It is a little bit of pity that obviously the uh, big sponsor, as I mentioned, Vitality, um, had to or did pull out. We're not exactly sure, as I say why that actually happened. So the teams are all here. Everybody is ready. The venue is a magnificent one. It really, really is. It's a magnificent venue um, that uh, the teams will be participating in. So let's have a look, shall we then, in more detail at some of the groups at the tournament. Let's start with Group D um, and the Netball World Cup. Group D features New Zealand. They've played in every World Cup since it was established in '63. They won the competition five times. Their coach is Nolene Tarua. Um, she's been there and she started coaching in 2011. She became the unofficial assistant coach of the Silver Ferns and later appointed to the position in 2013. Uganda will be taking part in their fourth Netball World Cup, made their debut in 1979. Fred Mugarawa, who missed the 2015 edition of the competition after he was sacked with just three weeks to go, leads the She Cranes at their fourth World Cup. Trinidad and Tobago have only missed one edition of the Netball World Cup in 1991, which was held in Sydney in the early years of the competition. The Calypso Girls are one of the strongest countries. They have not earned a podium finish since their joint second place in 1987. Joel Young-Strong is their coach. Singapore have competed at seven World Netball Tournaments. They come into this tournament ranked lowly 28th. They have won two Nations Cup titles in 2005 and 2006. And Annette Bishop is the coach of Netball Singapore. In Group C, Jamaica has taken part in the Netball World Cup since its inception in 1963. One of the strongest nations, Connie Francis, coaches them. South Africa hosting the tournament for the first time. Norma Plummer enjoying her second stint with the senior South African team. In her first spell with the side, she guided the fifth-ranked country to a top-four finish for the first time in 25 years. She is a former Australian diamond and won the World Cup as both a player and a coach for Australia. She was the Australian coach between 2000 2004 and 2011, she won the Netball World Cup titles in 2007 and 2011. Then there's the Welsh taking part in their 14th Netball World Cup. The Welsh Feathers' highest finish to date is six. They've reached that twice. Emily Hanside leads the Welsh Feathers to the World Cup. And Sri Lanka, they'll be playing in their 11th Netball. World Cup. Tilaka Ginastasa is their coach. They've qualified after finishing the Netball World Cup qualifiers in Asia as the unbeaten side. In Group B, England played in a Netball World Cup every year since 1963. They hosted the last edition in Liverpool where they took the bronze medal. It was the Roses' sixth third place finish where they've gotten silver once, the 75 edition. Their worst finish in the competition is fourth. 
Jess Thurlby. There you go. Thurlby has taken over the reign of the Roses as head coach in 2019, and she'll be looking to lead the team, hopefully, to a podium finish in Cape Town. The Malawi Queens have played at six Netball World Cups with their highest place finish coming in the 2007 edition. Sam Kenyenda is their coach. He led the Malawi Queens uh, as the team's technical director before he was appointed in May of 2022. He guides the Queens and is temporarily in charge as the head coach. The Scottish Thistles for Scotland, they've played in every World Cup since it was launched in 63, except in 2011 when it was held in Singapore because they failed to qualify that year. They are yet to win the competition. Their best finish is sixth in 83, 75 and 71. Uh, it'll be their 15th appearance this year. Tamsin Greenway took over the reins as coach in 2021 before being appointed as head coach. She was at the helm of the under-21 Roses side that won the 2017 edition of the Netball World Cup. And Barbados have played in nine World Cup tournaments. Denise Elaine is their coach. Their first appearance was in the 1979 edition in the Port of Spain in 1979 in Trinidad. They finished in eighth place. Cape Town marks their 10th appearance in the competition. So there are your teams there are the groups that they are in and uh, we look forward to an absolutely fantastic netball world cup gets underway tomorrow morning and it will be amazing to see all these ladies i hope I hope that there are a crowd at the Cape Town International Convention Centre. There has been quite a bit of talk about the uh, price of the tickets for the spectators to go along. But I can tell you that living in Cape Town myself, there's lots of road closures. The excitement has really been building up. And the Deputy Minister of Sport, Nokawe Mafu, said it's important to remind the spa proteas of the country's Department of Sport, Arts and Culture support ahead of the Netball World Cup. Government's always going to get involved one way or another when there's a big event, otherwise you'd never see them. Now, ahead of the start of the first global netball competition, the National Department held a ceremonial handover of a South African flag to the national team. The Cape Town International Convention Centre is, of course, as I say, where it's going to be hosted for the first time on South African soil. Bongi Msomi was handed that flag that they will obviously carry around. Vice-Captain Carla Pretorius of the team are raring to go. She's a goal defence position she plays. A named player of the tournament in the last edition of the competition will be one of the most watched players in the tournament. Now, during the competition, she will likely mark her 100th appearance for the Proteas, making her debut in 2011. So the opener for South Africa is against Wales. Then they face Sri Lanka on Saturday. It comes fast and furious. And if you've never watched ladies netball before, just take a chance and, and have a look. Because I can tell you right now, these ladies don't mess about. Eh? They get stuck in big time. They really, really do. They get quite physical. Um, there's a bit of bumping and barging that goes on. And uh, there's no rest uh, in, in the ladies' uh, World Cup. Okay, so let's just, uh, before we leave you tonight, uh, ahead of the tournament tomorrow, talk about the matches uh, that are being played simultaneously tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. The opening two games of the tournament see Tonga play Fiji and New Zealand play Trinidad and Tobago. Then at 11 o'clock, it's Australia against Zimbabwe and Uganda against Singapore. Six o'clock tomorrow evening, and I'm sure it'll be a full house for South Africa against Wales and Jamaica against Sri Lanka. And then the eight o'clock game is Malawi against Scotland and England against Bob. 
Barbados. Saturday, early start, 9 o'clock. It's New Zealand against Uganda and Zimbabwe against Fiji. Jamaica against Wales and Australia against Tonga. 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon sees South Africa play Sri Lanka and Scotland play Barbados. And then very good games on Saturday evening. England against Malawi and Trinidad and Tobago against Singapore. And it doesn't end there because on Sunday, 9 o'clock again, the games continue. Wales against Sri Lanka, Australia against Fiji. Then it's Malawi against Barbados and New Zealand against Singapore. Then England play Scotland and Uganda play Trinidad and Tobago. And six o'clock, Tonga plays Zimbabwe and Jamaica play South Africa. Now, hopefully for the South Africans, by then they would have already qualified for the next round of matches, which start on Monday, the 31st of July. So it is the 2023 Netball World Cup being hosted in the beautiful mother city of Cape Town, South Africa. We will continue to follow the event over the next week or so. We hope that some South African and African teams can get into the knockout stages, in particular South Africa, of course, ranked right up there at the top, not at the top, but in the top five in the world. We are hoping to see the South African team doing well. We will bring you all the action over the next 10 days or so from the 2023 Netball World Cup. As always, be nice to each other. Until next time, bye for now.